Welcome to the Rooted Project Podcast. The goal of this podcast is to help Christians in growing past the planet stage of their Christian life and provide meaningful, practical tips for teens and those that lead them. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Rooted Project Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Sansoni. In today's episode, we'll talk with the assistant pastor at my church, Nick Schweinsberg, about how to stay involved in the community even though you can't physically do much. Hey, I'm Nick. Uh, one of the pastors at Canaan Bible Chapel, and the, actually the assistant pastor, and been doing that for a few years now, and I'm excited to be here. Sweet. So we'll uh, we'll get right into it. Um, obviously, the big thing that's happening right now is the coronavirus, um, and that's what the the last the subject of the last couple podcasts has been on because it is such a big deal um, with what's happening right now. So, what are some curious ways that curious what are some creative ways that um our church has been meeting needs um throughout our community right well this one this one's kind of tough because when you're in the moment it doesn't really feel creative right you're you're trying to see what the needs are and then you're trying to meet them and so one of the biggest needs right now for our church family since we're not able to meet together still maintaining a sense of community and then delivering quality messages and leading people to God's word regularly. So we've been putting a lot, almost seemingly more time into making things available for people to engage with uh, using online, using social media, using technology a lot more than we have been uh, in the past because we hadn't been live streaming our services. We record them, uh, but we hadn't been doing those sort of things. And so we've sort of been forced to cannonball into the deep end. And I think in a lot of good, and in a lot of ways, that'll end up being a good thing for churches in general. Uh, so we've been doing a lot of that, and then we've been trying to promote and then come alongside uh, different people and individuals and organizations within our community that are uh, sort of on the front lines, right? That's what we say these days. And we actually just finished dropping off a bunch of care packages to people who who are serving, whether it's, whether it's our local police barracks, uh, fire department, and different nursing homes and hospitals and things, because these people are always important, but even right now they're crucial to what's going on. And so we're trying to make sure that we are aware of all those things. And uh, it's a lot. And it somehow you feel like you're busier now than you were before, even though you're really not supposed to be leaving your home. And so that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, I think that's a great comment about, uh, like, those people are already important, but now it's, like, just a different time. Like, now they seem like they're even more important. Yeah. I know it's weird because I feel like now I'll never be able to complain of how long it takes to get into my doctor's office ever again. Like, I'm sitting in a waiting room, and I'm never going to be allowed to complain about that wait ever again. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, and, it, like, it's so true. And I think, uh, like... I agree that I think that this will end up being a good time, like on the backside, instead of like uh, just the annoyance that it is right now. I think we'll come out on the other side and be like, oh, like, well, I'm really glad that we had the coronavirus because it's it's allowed us to grow our ministry in different ways and reach out community in different ways. Obviously, we're not glad for it for the people that are sick and for the people who um, have obviously passed away from it. But the idea of God using it to help grow our ministries um, is actually super encouraging when you think about it that way. So my next question is that I've also asked on every podcast because I am a social media person and I am a media person is what are some better ways that we could be implementing social media like in our church? Right. And so that's the thing that we're trying to figure out now and work through. And uh, 
one of the things that that uh, Pastor Dan and myself have been talking about this last week specifically, because as of right now, we're what like two or three weeks into all of this. Um, I think we've done a decent job of like continuing to talk to people and communicate with people, but we actually want to have conversations. And so trying to utilize some of the technology, some of the social media, uh, some of the software that's available to sort of have group conversations rather than just talking to people. Because it's, it's great to sit in your living room and to be able to watch a church service with your family, uh, but you miss out on all that interaction that is fellowship in the church. Uh, and it's hard to be edified personally. It's hard to be encouraged. And so we're trying to continue to have those sort of conversations and build around that, build some momentum there, and hoping to do some of that in the next few ways uh, by utilizing maybe some like private rooms within various um, platforms. But this last week for the first time, uh, our Sunday school group met. Uh, thanks for coming. And uh, yeah. like instead of doing a lesson, we pretty much just talked and caught up with how everybody was doing. And you could tell, at least I thought, that like everybody was thankful for that chance to, to see, you know, how's work look like for you now? Uh, what are some things that we can be praying for you? And those are the really important things right now. So we want to start, start to implement that better into what we're doing. So true. Like that, I, so I had been on Zoom a couple times, but I never like used it to actually talk or anything like yeah. that. So when you, like when you had the idea and when we started it, I was like, this is about to be the possibly the dumbest thing I've ever done. They're like super awkward. I just don't know how this is going to go. And yet you were the first one there. And then we, yeah, we were the first ones on and it was just Julie on there. And I was like, oh, I was right. This is so, it's going to be, it's going to be awkward. And then it just turned out to be like super great. And it was yeah. encouraging just talking to everybody. Yeah. And we, we were on for like an hour. Yeah. And um, we didn't run out of things to talk about because we hadn't been together in a while. And yeah. it was really good. And I think that uh, along those lines, like this will wreck the idea of church being just a Sunday thing. Because we're all gonna, we're all going to recognize how much we missed that fellowship on Sunday, mm-hmm. and so we're all going to like recognize we're having fellowship during the week too, and like that's something that, that should continue. Just like church isn't just a Sunday thing where we're in a building on Sunday just to hear preaching. Church is a is a it's a community of believers like meeting together, and I think that um, that'll be one of the biggest things as we see like the increase in in I don't know if I would say discipleship, but in that in that church fellowship yeah. throughout the week. Yeah, I want to. One of the things that we've been doing more of is Pastor Dan and myself have been doing a little more writing than we did before. And one of the first posts that I made during all of this, one of the points in it was community matters. Like I did, I did a post on uh, things that, that quarantine has taught me so far and, and community matters is one of those. Because like I, I'd always uh, consider myself an introvert and I, I, I still would. But and I think that some of us that would call ourselves that have talked ourselves into believing like we'd be okay without all those other things. And very soon into this process, you realize just how important community and fellowship really is. So, uh, what are some specific passages that you found comforting? Uh, well, I'm going to go to like a whole book, and that's Nehemiah. And we're actually starting in a, in, a, in about a Sunday, uh, so about a week. Uh, we'll be starting a series on Nehemiah. And part of the reason for that is Pastor Dan and myself had been working through Nehemiah in some of our personal meetings and some of our personal reading. Uh, and it's amazing to see how God, through what Nehemiah would have called national crisis, right? They were in captivity. Their city had been destroyed. Like their, their uh, 
culture had changed, their identity as a city had totally changed because of everything that was going on. And God builds that and God grows them and he teaches them and he answers prayer uh, so visibly throughout the entire book. And in some ways we're getting catching a glimpse of that right now. And what better way to be encouraged by being reminded of God's faithfulness and, 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 and throughout history, but then also seeing it unfolding in front of us too. Um, what, sorry, if you could say one thing to your church right now, so you know, if you could say one thing to me, uh, what would that be? We love you, right? Because uh, we, like, I'm not a hugger, but people are, and uh, people miss those sort of interactions. And just because we're not seeing you multiple times a week uh, doesn't mean that we don't care about you still. Doesn't mean that, like, literally as we're trying to fall asleep at night, we're thinking of ways that we can try to meet your needs and help serve you. And we really care about all of you. And uh, we want God's best for you. And we want things to, to, to go well in your lives, whether it's with your job, whether it's trying to figure out what school is going to look like the rest of this academic year now that everybody's at home. Um, those things that are important to you are important to us too and we care about you and we want to be with you even though we can't be and so we pray for you a lot a lot i think uh yeah even along those lines of like just saying we love you um helping with the youth group kind of like we were talking about this earlier um like not recognizing how much you like love those kids and like love being with those kids until you're not with those kids mm -hmm. and so like that's what it's done with me it's just like seeing them post something on instagram like oh i wish i could have like like heard that story from actually like actually heard that story from them or like I really wish that we could have like been involved a little bit more in like that situation, um, and I think that that again like even coming from not being together and like this whole thing is going to recognize like how much we really do love each other even though it doesn't seem like something you say a whole lot um, because it's church and like oh who says that about church, mm -hmm. um, but we really do and uh, it's probably been one of the biggest encouragement is seeing other believers love and other people in our churches love for like me and Karen, for instance, um, even though we're not actually together. Um, so what are you praying for right now? Um, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I find myself praying a lot more than I did before. Uh, you, you really don't have an excuse not to pray right now. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of us beforehand, right, we often would talk about how we, it's really hard for us to, quote-unquote, make time for devotions and for prayer, and, and <laughs> a lot of us only have time right now. Uh, but what I'm, I, I'm praying right now is that, uh, as God promised, that his word will not return void. Uh, I've been telling people that if you think about it, a few weeks ago, Satan probably was incredibly excited that all the churches were closing, right, that we wouldn't be having church services. And then that first Sunday, the churches were closed. It, and now I have no numbers to back this up, but my personal belief is more people heard about Jesus or heard the gospel or heard a sermon in 24 hours than had ever heard the gospel in 24 hours throughout all of human history. Like, so, so the Sunday three weeks ago, more people heard about Jesus on one day than had ever throughout human history because of the spread of technology. Whether they listened to the whole message, whether they 
whether they, they listen to a few minutes, like the number has to be in the tens of hundreds of millions of people heard the gospel that Sunday. And I know that the things that we're putting out are, are reaching far and wide, uh, even to different countries. And that's just mind-blowing, right? Because on a Sunday morning, you, for the most part, in our church, know who you're going to be talking with, uh, who's going to be there, except for like a percentage of, of guests. And now when we're doing, especially our Sunday morning messages, you have no idea who's going to be hearing those. And so I'm really praying for those listeners and that um, God would be the one who's, who's, who's calling people to himself. And I say it all the time, it's, it's an incredible blessing that God uses broken people to reach broken people because things really seem broken right now. And yet you're hearing a lot of stories of people who, who haven't been to church in a while listening to, to messages, people who maybe have never gone to church uh, hearing the gospel. And that's really exciting. And so I'm praying that he continues to grow us, but then also uh, bring people to him through what really is a difficult season. What is a win you'd like to share? Oh, so this is a good one because I don't know that it would have been possible the way that it happened had we not been stuck in our house. So about two weeks ago, would have been a Sunday morning, and we would have been getting ready to, to go to church and we would have been rushing around the house and things would have been chaos like they are every Sunday morning, getting our daughters ready. And my oldest daughter, Remy, she's still pretty young, but she woke me up about two feet from my face, like that creepy child staring at you to wake you up, dad, kind of thing. And she, the, the only thing she said was, daddy, I want to be a Christian. And it was, it caught me totally off guard because when we've talked about Jesus, we've never like really said it that way. And so we pulled her up into bed and we talked for like 15 minutes, uh, asking all sorts of questions, answering some of her questions. And she didn't really seem uh, interested in like, in, in, in right, praying the prayer, right, at that time. And so we, so we didn't push it. But then when we finished that conversation, she said, we need to tell Rory how to be a Christian, like right after that. And so you're like, okay, she's, she's really thinking about this. And then when we were at dinner that night, and on a normal Sunday, we don't eat dinner, right? We, we pack food for the girls to take as we set up for our kids' ministries at night. They eat while we're setting up, and then my wife and I eat whatever when we get home. And so we're sitting at the table eating on a Sunday night, and she asks, how will people know that I'm a Christian now? And so I pull her up on the table, and we continue to talk through what it means to be a Christian and what it means to be forgiven by God. And um, right now, when we're recording this, it's around Easter time. Uh, so Christ's sacrifice for us that we can't earn our salvation, all those super important things. And like you could tell, like she got it and she's thinking about it and she uh, wanted to pray. And so she talked to God about how she loves him and she knows that she needs him and, and that she doesn't want to do 
uh, wrong things. She doesn't want to sin anymore. And it was, it was great because you could tell that she really got it because in the middle of the prayer, she whispers to me, Daddy, my heart's beating so fast. It was like, I'm just sobbing everywhere. <laughs> um, and, and the next day she's in the tub singing like, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, and God loves me and I love him. Like, like clearly she got it. Uh, and if she hears the word Christian come up now, like she instantly wants to talk about God and, and tell people that she loves him and that, and that he loves her. And, and I don't think that all would have happened the way that it did uh, had we been having a normal Sunday. And so I sent, I sent uh, some texts out to people that night saying, like, praise the Lord for quarantines. Um, because, yes, it's difficult. Yes, people are hurting. Uh, yes, it's hard and it's scary. But some incredible things are happening if we're willing to look for them. Yeah, what what a blessing that I can only imagine. Like, <laughs> yeah, nobody would think about. And then even just the statement like "Praise the Lord for quarantines." Like mm-hmm. that, um, that's really powerful when you think about it. Um, when it comes to how everybody else is probably viewing this, and how I I know how I viewed it for a little bit. So, um, two more questions. Well, one mm-hmm. more question then. Um, so the last question is, how can we be praying for you? Um, so I think this, this applies to all pastors specifically right now, but then also just in general, and that's pray for wisdom, right? Because there's so much going on, uh, things are changing almost every day. And there's things that we are technically allowed to do, but we're discouraged to do and trying to stay ahead of that while also trying to figure out, as you call them, creative ways to, to minister while still trying to, to just do all the, the, the day-to-day ministry things. Uh, you obviously feel like you're ill-equipped to do that, uh, to say the least. And yet God is great and God is good. And he provides so much more than we ever realize. And so pray that we're able to continue to depend on him and not just make decisions that we think sound good, uh, but that are actually in accordance to his will and his word. Sweet. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I want to give you a little bit, if you have anything, any closing comments you'd like to make, anything that you think you'd want to say, and then uh, that'll be a wrap. Yeah. Um, I mean, be looking for ways to be a blessing to people right now. Uh, like, it's gonna, it, it may not come naturally. It's going to take some intentionality. Be safe about it. Be smart about it. Uh, but there still are ways that we can be encouraging each other. And when we don't have that close community, uh, those things are crucial. So constantly be looking for ways to do that. And at the very least, and I say that sarcastically, continue to pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ and your neighbors and your community and your, the people in, in your local and state governments. And just pray for everyone uh, as much as you can because it, it really is a blessing, but so, so important right now. Well, we may not feel like we're doing enough now. We must continue to strive and be active in our communities around us. I'm thankful for Nick and our church's concern for our community, and I hope this interview was helpful to you. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe for more on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. You can follow me personally on Instagram and Twitter, at Sansoni for updates on the next episodes. This has been The Rooted Project. See you in the next one.